This is Radio Influence. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. My name is Seth, Jim's producer and sidekick here on America's Most Positive Podcast. And it's an experience to step into the studio here for the the Jim Fannin Show. Normally, there's (laughs) candles. There's a very just kind of wonderful scent that I associate with our show. But this time, I open the door, and there it is. Jim and a red nose. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a grandfather. You know, sometimes you got to wear a red nose. You know what's good, Seth? You you actually notice the red nose. That's the good news. The, we're you all awake. Oblivious. We're not all aware. Yeah, well, sometimes you walk in there and you're like grabbing notes and you're busy. And I, I thought I, I'd shake you out of your comfort level with a red nose. So, and of course, it goes along with the theme this week, right? Well, it does, Seth. You know, you know what's on my mind? What's that? Stress is on my mind. It's Memorial Day weekend. We need to be stress-free. Summer. Summer is here. Thank goodness. Well, not everywhere, but uh, for most of the country, a uh, little too hot, a little too cold. It's been pretty wild, unpredictable. Uh, stress is everywhere. It's in the news. Uh, politics, stressful. What else is stressful? Weddings. A lot of weddings going on right now. May and June, yeah. uh, uh, Yes, and if you're picking up the tab for your daughter, that's stressful. I'm aware. I've had that. That's stressful. Uh, Graduation, stressful. Uh, It's stressful for the people graduating. Now what? Uh, What? There's no jobs. And um, stress is Everywhere, and I, I've been traveling an inordinate amount of time. I, I was down south, as a lot of you know, uh, coaching in Kentucky and in West Virginia. Statistics Seth, have just come out the number one stressed out state in America, sweet home Alabama. Alabama, number one stressed out family stress, work stress. Money, financial stress, health stress. West Virginia, I was there. I I live right next door to West Virginia within just a few miles, uh, right across the river uh, in Ashland, Kentucky, where I went to high school. Number one in health stress. So this show is about busting up stress, using it as a high-octane fuel for your own visions and goals. Stress is good. 
And it's just an overall breakdown, unpacked, what is stress? Why do I need it? And now that I have it, why do I want it? And what do I do with it? And, you know, I'd like to ball it up and fire at somebody. And sometimes we do that. We pass on stress to our loved ones, our friends, our coworkers. Stress can be very, very contagious. And so, of course, there, there's some stuff we got to work through here. But I, I want to pull something out. I just heard you say that you do need stress in a way, right? Uh, you do need some cortisol. The zone is not going to arrive on your doorstep. It's not going to be there in a sporting event. It's not going to be there uh, in a sales presentation, in a business meeting. It's not going to be there if you're giving a speech. Anywhere where you need absolute peak performance, operating on all cylinders, finding that purposeful calm zone state where everything is possible, You have to have an ignition fuel of good stress. And yes, there's good stress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. Use stress, that's good stress. He used the Greek word for good, eureka, euphoria, good stress. Stress that, Seth, you place it on yourself, on your terms, on your conditions, and within your situation and your own circumstances. So where do we really need stress? Well, it's all about having a blueprint. And you know, that, that's my new, newest book, but it's not my newest program. I mean, I've been designing life blueprints uh, going on 50 years uh, for a lot of people, almost 2,500 individuals and a lot of people, tens of thousands in, in groups. We need a blueprint. We need well-defined goals. We need a vision that has a timeline. And it's these timelines that create stress. Oh, my gosh. When's my term? What? My term paper's due tomorrow? Are you sure? Oh, my gosh. I mean, and, of course, you know, you're in college. The term paper's due tomorrow. You've been blowing it off. You've been party harding or whatever <laughs> you're doing. Or you're traveling with a golf team and, you know, you just haven't gotten around to it. Man, woman, we're all at our best when things are at its worst. Why? Because it narrows our focus, that timeline. It increases cortisol into the bloodstream, and it really gets you to lock in, put on blinders, and get the job done. But what happens if you put the pedal what is it? The metal to the pedal? The, yes, the pedal to the metal. Yeah. Pedal to the Floor. metal. And it sticks. And you can't put on the brakes. And you just keep going. Uh, now you're going to get uh, into some serious challenges uh, with some negative stress because it will wreak havoc on other people. It's going to wreak havoc definitely in your own health and wellness. And now you can find that vicious cycle where. You know, I just don't sleep in a deep sleep. I'm not getting my best sleep. I'm not getting enough sleep. And we're on that rat race over and over. Too much cortisol, not enough relaxation, not enough enjoyment. I have not unplugged my brain from the tasks at hand. And off I go into this roller coaster life 
Uh, it's not enjoyable. It eventually will catch up to you, and the consequences can be from mild to extremely serious. More accidents occur. Obviously, divorce rates increase. Uh, mistakes happen on your job. Uh, stress backs up like a toilet. It It's energy, not knowing where to go, and it'll hide only one place in your life. It won't hide in the skeleton of your body. It won't hide in the organs of your body. It hides in the muscles. It goes right into the jaw, tightens your jaw, goes right into your shoulders, goes into your hands, your buttocks, and it'll wreak havoc. And uh, yes, it will also go into your golf swing. And once it goes into the body, it goes into other things. Some people have had this negative stress, Seth. You can carry it a lifetime. And, of course, that will shorten your lifetime. Well, and I was actually going to say that I'm just going to spitball here and say that I'm guessing when you, you know, have a new client, be that in sports or business or entertainment, that uh, some of them say, "Ah, you know, Jim, I think I got too much stress. I got to get rid of it. And then I bet you've had some that say, okay, well, I'm stressed out, but man, this is the thing that makes me succeed. And that might be true at the lower levels, but as you've said often, the further up you go the mountain, if, if you want to go where, where people haven't been before, you got to do what they haven't done before. And that means you can't just live off of pure cortisol and caffeine and really achieve your well-defined goals. Well, if you have too much stress, you're going to have an up and down performance cycle. You're only as great as your best and worst performance. And you want that margin of different uh, differential to be as small as possible and and the key is not always trying to peak at your zoned out best self you just want to hit that high daily standard of living because you're more than an athlete you're more than a career more than a business person we're so much more than that we're souls having awesome human experiences and but we need to be able to deal with the normal stresses of life. And, and then, of course, if you do have those abnormal visions and goals, well, that's even more stress because more than likely you're going to have more competition. They're going to put stress on you. So let's unpack all of this stress stuff. That's our goal today. If you've got stress, this is the show that you need to maybe listen to more than once. And, and if you need to narrow your focus, to reach a higher goal. Well, you need to narrow your focus, set some goals, but also be armed on how to handle the stress that comes with those lofty visions and goals with stringent timelines. So what I, what I want to do today is I, I want to talk about the different parts of your life. And let's look inside it and, and let's see what could possibly be there to stress you out? Then we'll come up with a couple of tools. Maybe they'll be very arena-specific on, on how to deal with it and how to manage it. Life is short. All of us, everyone listening, everybody in our studio, all of my clients, we want a purposeful, calm, productive, awesome life. A lot of laughter, a lot of music. And I think all of us know the life that we would like to have. Sometimes we think, man, if I had more money, I, I could have that life. 
I could have that life. If I had more money, I mean, I'd be sitting on a yacht eating lobster. Are you kidding me? I would have the perfect, I wouldn't worry about anything with money. So let's go right to the financial arena. This is the equity in your home, change in your pocket, money in your 401k, checking account, change under the sofa, in your car, in an ashtray. This is all of your money. It's all your investments. That's you. And hopefully you have more income coming in than expenses going out. What could go wrong? I found that the more money you make, the less you have of creating a budget because income solves everything. I just need to make more money so you don't have a budget at all. Uh, The people that have no money, they're more prone to have a budget because they're not really banking on big income coming in or that windfall or that bonus. So, you know, they're, they're managing their life, but it's still stressful. Money can be very, very stressful. So my recommendation, if you look into the financial arena of your life, first thing I want you to do, who else is in here with you? Your wife, is she in there? She's part of it. Your husband in there, he's part of it. Uh, do you have a financial planner? Some do, most don't. Do uh, you have an insurance person? Do you have an accountant? Who's in this arena with you? And who's the coach? Are you the coach? Are you managing the money? Or is it co-managed by you and your significant other? Or does she or he manage it? And, and you're just kind of going, oh, okay. They pay the bills. I, I think the first thing to do, and nothing great happens without a blueprint. Who's managing the money? If it's not you, you need to be more in tune. Don't, don't just wait for bad news to freak out. Manage what's happening. Know what's coming in. Know what's going out. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. I mean, you could be a billionaire. Manage your money. Why throw it away? Why, why pay retail when you can pay wholesale? Uh, why? why? Oh, just because I got money means I'm going to pay extra? Um, I think you need to pay uh, whatever you need to pay, uh, but don't pay too much. Manage your money. What else do you need to do? Ask up front. Everything's up front. So somebody comes in and they're going to do some work in my house. What's the cost? What, how much per hour? No surprises. Surprises in the financial arena creates incredible stress. Are you kidding me? You never said that. What? A hundred an hour? I, I thought it was 25 an hour. No, no indecision. No misconception, everything up front. If you're hiring somebody that you're paying, which is going to increase your expenses, that takes away from the income you're going to put in your pocket, know exactly what you're getting into. Ask those questions up front. Zero surprises. Now, emergencies. 
financial. Im- oh man, I, I I need a new roof. I, I can't even, I can't even believe it. I need a new roof. This happened to me once owning a tennis club, and luckily we had a, a, a great cash flow. But I didn't think I needed a new roof. Yeah, you never think you need it until it's leaking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> then you go, holy cow, I need a new roof. The water's not staying outside. <laughs> exactly. The, the water's coming in. And it did. It came into my tennis club. Started late. We didn't know where the leaks were coming from. There's a huge 60,000 square foot building. But set aside some money for emergencies. Set aside money for taxes. Set aside money for the unpredictable. Um, take control of your money. Do not allow it to control you. And, and if you can't afford it, you don't need to be like the Joneses, then don't do it. Don't do it. Um, financial arena. Who's the coach or are there co-coaches and are you on the same page? You know, so, so many of my clients have really had challenges in the financial arena, whether they had a ton of dough or not, uh, two people need to be on the same page. One plus one, you and her, her and you, her and her, whatever. You need to be on the same page. You need to know what are my goals, what tasks do we need, and have a budget. Nothing great happens without a blueprint, the financial arena. And refuse to let money change your mood. I had a CEO of a Fortune 100 company that I'm coaching. I'm in the office with him, and we're planning. And all of a sudden, the CFO walks in unannounced, puts down that month's profit and loss statement. He's the first one to see it. Not 100% confirmed. Here's the first look at it. I I want you to see it. Well, I'm immediately cast off to the side because this is now taking all precedent, even though it occurred over 30 days ago, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden he looks at it and he, he becomes ashen. I mean, he's immediately depressed. He doesn't want to meet anymore. He's really starting to get frustrated and angry. And the next thing I know, he's trying to email somebody because a couple of line items that occurred over the last 30 days, he had a surprise. And it changed everything. And I'm, I'm sitting and watching this in real time. And I knew that it was going to ruin his day. Who knows what was going to happen going home into his family arena. Hopefully, was not going to play golf because now he's not going to play his best. And I had to stop him and go, what are you doing? You control you, not a piece of paper, not other people. Whatever it is, it's a challenge. But, you know, most of us financially, we look at problems. Uh, can't believe I got this bill. Are you kidding me? My attorney is charging me $1,200? I, I told him a story and a funny joke. I think I got billed for that. What? <laughs> 
Well, you probably actually did, but I, I may have gotten billed for that. I actually accused my attorney of doing that once. I said, seriously, I, I was coaching you for three quarters of an hour and you billed me for the hour. Anyway, I, I should have sent him a bill, but just for talking to me, but make up your mind. I am not going to allow money, the lack of money, uh, the surprise about money to change my mindset and to have this negative stress that's going to create worry, it's going to create anxiety. And I just, I mean, once you have it and you start carrying it around with you, the replay is going to be amazing. And it can not only depress you, it can cripple you. <laughs> Where you don't even want to get out of bed. The lack of money, some kind of hardship. Nothing great happens without a blueprint. So find out who's coaching. Go find out what's going on. No surprises. Ask everything up front from any vendor, anybody that's supplying any kind of services to your home or your business, and um, stick to your budget. Sock a little money aside. I, I will tell you, the United States, we're not saving enough money. And you can put it into whatever investment you want. But the first investment I would put it in is an emergency fund. Things happen. Be prepared. Let's go to a next arena. This arena stresses all of us at some point. I love her. I love her more than stars in the sky and sand on the beach. I, I love her so much. Well, uh, significant others may be our harshest critics. They've earned that right. We've given them permission. We've opened up everything about us, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we've said, I'm going to let you look behind the curtain and see that the Wizard of Oz doesn't always have his act together. Okay, and sometimes a dirty look, uh, a critical comment can set you off. And we all have landmines. And those landmines could have been placed when you were six. You know, I, I think there was a movie with Michael J. Fox. Uh, it was the, what, the Back in Time movie? What it, uh, the Back to the Future series, yeah. yeah Back to the Future. And, and when he was called Chicken, I think. Remember that? It, he just couldn't take it. He couldn't it take just... it. What? You're calling me a chicken? You know, that's fight. He's ready to fight. And no matter what time zone he uh, shot off to in the future or in the past, if anybody called him a chicken, he was ready to fight somebody. So we all have these little time bombs that sometimes are released unexpectedly, but sometimes the people that we love step on them. And they may know they're stepping on it. And sometimes, you know, they step on it inadvertently and didn't know it. One plus one, you and her, you and him should equal at least three. So Seth, you and your wife should equal three, more than two, or what's the point? Will it be easy cohabitating? Uh, no, not easy. Is a 50 50. Uh, not to my knowledge, not to my experience, it's not 50 50. It's 90 10 here, it's 60 40 there, 30 70 and somewhere else. It's never just 50 50. And I've learned that if two people always agree, 
one of them's not needed. If you're agreeing all the time, you're going to get pretty bored after a while, too. Well, I, I mean, just, just like in business, if two partners always agree, one's not needed. You want some disagreement for someone's looking from a different angle, a different perspective, from a additional, uh, you know, a, a different emotional place, and that that gives a perspective. And it's not always easy to look around a situation or a condition 360 degrees by yourself. So someone else is looking from their angle, and and you may not like it, but it's the view that they see. Who's causing the stress? in this arena of your life? Who keeps bringing up the negative past? Maybe it's you. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's her. To continue to bring up a negative past over and over again doesn't resolve the situation, doesn't resolve the challenge. And uh, I would avoid that. And, and I think both parties, one plus one equal three, are looking for resolution. Uh, the theory, don't go to bed mad. There's science behind that. That last 30 minutes, if you don't agree, then agree that you're not going to agree, but we'll find a resolution tomorrow. And right now, I don't like your decision, but I still love you. I still love you. And uh, I'll go to bed happy and, and we'll table it and we'll work on this tomorrow. Can you have that open dialogue? with your significant other. Uh, Attempt to have that dialogue. Uh, Do it when you're both in a good mood. That's the time to do it, not when one is not in a good mood or in a, you know, not in a high zone state. But this is an arena of life where we have allowed challenges with our children challenges with our money, even challenges with our own health to really come into the relationship arena and wreak havoc on it. Think about what you think about. Think about how you treat the other person. Are you a judge? Are you calling them names? Are they doing the same to you? Well, that's not a partnership and that, that's not a winning atmosphere. Championship teams would never succeed or win a championship with that mindset, and neither will a marriage. I think we all enter marriage um, with the right idea. I I will love you no matter what the conditions or circumstances till death do us part, uh, for good, for bad, for worse. I mean, sometimes we need to go back and rethink what we said. We need to re-up our vows at least in theory, to know what they are. Uh, You don't have to do it formally. But times are tough. Why? Because everybody's stressed, and everybody wants to pass the stress on into your home. Now, Seth, you've been into my house. There's no stress here. Yeah, that, that is one thing about You can feel it. Yeah, I can feel it. And I didn't actually know much about you the first time we met. I knew that you'd, you know, coach some very, very successful people. But one of the things that I wanted to make sure that before I was going to, you know, maybe sign on to, to help out with what became, you know, the Jim Fannin show is I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, what you were coaching, you were testing me, you were testing me. And I, you know, 
if anybody wants to know, does he really stay not stressed? He really does. <laughs> you really well, do. And- I, look, I, don't get me wrong. There are things that I don't like that other people do. Uh, I don't always have my expectations met. Uh, many times they're not met. I have very high expectations. But I think this show is about deal with it. Yeah. But how do you deal with it? But your home, that needs to be a stress-free zone. The government, taxes, politics, you can't come into my house. The stress from that, it's not going to be in here. I don't want it in here. I'll turn the television off. Is that where it's coming in? Is it coming through the windows? Is somebody transporting it in and verbally bringing it in? You know, I I told my family and uh, my wife's family, if you're negative, you can't come. You can't come here. We love you, but we just don't like the negativity. And uh, and and even one of my friends, a very close friend, uh, you're too negative. He didn't like that. He didn't like me telling him that. I'm telling you that because I care about you. Yeah. And uh, I, I value our friendship, but. Man, you're always talking like a victim and a judge and you're putting, you know, you're passing on like a brick. And what am I supposed to do with this info? You want me to carry it around and place it over here by my couch? So build your home as a sanctuary, a cocoon, if you will, for all the negativity in life. Because it's there. Uh, You know, I, I travel a lot. I see it. I read body language. You can feel it emotionally. You can pick up the vibe. Uh, to me, it's the most stressful I, I've ever seen America. But what's that got to do with your house? Make it a home. Music, candles. Forbid a few things to be discussed, unless you're going to discuss it in an intelligent, give and take, walk around at 360, everybody has an opinion, okay. Uh, that's how you should talk about religion or politics or other things that have different viewpoints. But to have negativity in your home creates chaos, increases thoughts, decreases sleep quality, decreases enjoyment, totally runs roughshod over relaxation. And your home should be a pe- you know, a swaying palm tree in a breeze. And when you get home, it should be, ah, home. Don't make it a house. Make it a home. You know, one thing that uh, that you've changed me on that uh, I, I recommend everybody does. A red is- nose? You're going to wear a red nose. You know, in the last three or four months, I get up. First thing I do, I light two or three candles. Just to get that aroma, just to get, you know, it, before I even start cooking breakfast. You're becoming metrosexual. <laughs> you I love this. <laughs> Let me see your fingernails. Come on. They're still rough country boy fingernails. That, oh, I true. saw some gloss on the <laughs> nails, Seth. Come on. Let me see your toes. You went and got a mani patty. It's okay. You know, I'm going to give that to you as a gift certificate. <laughs> I am. And you better go. Mani patty. <laughs> That, that, reminds me, that reminds me of a crazy story. Uh, 
my my wife wants me to uh, go with her downtown. She's going to go meet a designer. I don't know what. And I, I've got an iPad and I go, all right, I'll go down. All I need is an iPad and a cell phone. I'm, I'm good to go. So I, I'm waiting in the car and, and she comes out and she goes, you got to get in here. You got to hurry. You got to you c- come in. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, what, what's going on? So I, I get out of the car, lock it, go inside. But instead of going into the, where the designer is, I go into the shop next to it. It's like a spa. And I go in, she goes, get in the chair. I go, what? You need to get your eye, eyes done. I go, I am not getting my eyes done. You have to. This is horrible. You look like Henry Kissinger. You got to get your eyes done, right? So I, I'm like, what? I, I'm, I'm confused, <laughs> right? 30 seconds ago, I really thought this was something else. I, no, I, yeah, I'm totally confused. So I sat down, uh, a very nice lady waxes my eyelids. She only does one. She rips it off, and I'm like the 40-year-old virgin in, in the movie. I'm screaming out. She goes, you big baby. You're, you're a big baby. Anyway, she waxes my eyelids. I actually allowed that. I walk out of there. I got both eyes swollen. My wife's laughing. You, you look so much better. I'm like, I'm from Kentucky. Well, this is crazy. I've <laughs> never had my eyelids waxed. So I leave my wife. She goes back next door into this designer and whatever. And I'm walking down the street. And I went, wow, I just got my eyes waxed. Never had that done. Maybe I'll go in and have a manicure and a pedicure. I couldn't believe I was doing it. I'm looking around to see if there's any Kentucky license plates. (laughs) I don't see any. I'm downtown Chicago. I go inside. I'm now watching Sex in the City on TV, getting my nails done. I'm like, wow. What's happening to me? I'm having this transformation, right? So anyway, I finish and I think I need to go see some football. And quickly, I go into a sports bar and I said, I'll have a dead man ale. I'm trying to really man up and uh, I'll have a dead man ale. And, uh, and then I look on the menu and they have a foie gras burger. A foie gras burger. I've never had it. Like $25. My mother would come back from the grave and be so upset. I spent $25 on a foie gras burger. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but I do. And, uh, and then I leave and I go across the street. I'm going to go back and uh, say, uh, go to the car. And uh, anyway, Seth, I walked across the street, went into Crate and Barrel and looked at dishes. So sometimes, <laughs> Seth, you know, you just, you know, you got to go with the flow. And there was no stress in any of it, even yeah. though it was totally unexpected. It was a spa day for Jim. I had a, actually a great time. Thank you, honey. Thank you, dear. You know, let's walk through the other arenas that cause stress. Kids. Kids. I'm very excited. I'm going to see my grandson this weekend, and I'm looking forward to him stressing out my daughter. The payback's really tough. Uh, he's a cool little six-month-old kid. But especially if you have teenagers, we have an image of what they need to be doing. We have an expectation of straight A's and uh, perfect tennis and perfect in whatever activity they're doing. And uh, we also get into the competition of our kid, who's awesome, of course, and probably going to be an Olympic hopeful, competing against other kids. And before we know it, we're living vicariously through our kids. If this is you, Monitor your breathing while watching your kids' 
sports. Now, my, my daughter had a top, you know, Chicago ranking and Midwest ranking in tennis, a small national ranking, got a scholarship. And I remember watching her going, oh, my goodness. You know, I, I, I even though I'm an expert on managing stress, you know, you think you're an expert until you have your own kid. And it's like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll bets off here. Manage your breathing. Make sure your jaw's unhinged. Make sure you're not reacting facially with gestures when something's not going right in your kid's performance. Try not to overact when they bring home a bad report card and, and pitch a fit. Now, don't get me wrong. Discipline starts at home with your children. And this is not acceptable. And you can lay down the law on how you want to do it. But you also need to show them that you're cool under stress or otherwise you're training them to not be cool when they get stressed. And then this is just going to get passed on generation after generation. Be a palm tree in a hurricane that your kids walk into the house with their grades, with their negative choice of friends, with something they did, they got caught, and all of a sudden it comes back and you're aware of it. All of these things are normal, they're unpleasant, and they're natural. Relax. Deal with it, but be calm. Be calm before you make a rash decision. I, I see parents overreact, put down some amazing, you're grounded for six months. You will not have your car for six months. And your cell, give me your cell phone. No cell phone. Okay, your kids are smart. They've been with you 13, 14 years. They know how to play you like a fiddle. Are you kidding me? In four days, they are the sweetest angelic humans on the planet. Dad, Dad, can I help you with anything? Uh, call me out. No, I'm good. Do you, do you need me to run any errands for you? No, no, I'm good. I, now, I forgot the punishment. The punishment's in place, right? But after a while, and you talk to your wife, one of you is going to cave. Be cool. Because you don't want to cave. You don't want to cave to a punishment. So don't overreact and give a punishment that you're going to reverse or completely let them off the hook. I, I remember doing something uh, that I shouldn't have been doing. I'm 15. I, I was grounded for 30 days. On the 30th day, I'm 68. I still remember this. Talk about indelibly etched on the inside of my skull. I said, Dad, uh, can I go to this I'm going to go to this dance. I need the car. I think I was just turned 16. He goes, oh, it's 30 days. I, I know it's 30 days. He goes, no, no, it's 30 days. This is the 30th day at midnight. Of course, at midnight, you can't go out after midnight. So yeah. this goes all the way to midnight. I go, Dad, I, you mean you're not going to let me off six hours early so I can go to this uh, pool party at six? No, 30 days is 30 days. I obviously wasn't very happy, but it's memorable. Don't punish if you're not going to keep it. I, I, know, I know how it is. We love them. We let them off the hook. And be sure that you're cool. Show your children how to manage 
the unexpected. They, they see everything. And it's transferable. I've said this before. A baby is connected to a heart monitor and a breathing monitor, checking breaths per minute. A baby asleep in a crib, alone, door is shut. Mom is in another room, connected to a heart monitor, connected to a breathing device to tabulate how many breaths she has in a minute. The mom is asked to replace something negative in her life, something she absolutely does not want. She could either create it or she could pull something out of the mental file cabinet and actually relive it. And she did. Her heart rate went up with that replay. Her breathing goes past 15 breaths, starts to approach 20 simultaneously in the next room with no communication, no sound, nothing. The baby's heart rate increased and the breathing increased simultaneously in two separate rooms. Wow. It's it's pretty mind-boggling. Stress is contagious. So when you're stressed out as as a mom or, or as a dad, a single mom, a single dad, be cool. You're teaching your children how to manage stress. Set guidelines. Set some rules if you need to. You don't need too many. Definitely guidelines. Set expectations and get an agreement beforehand, up front. Nothing great happens without a blueprint, and that includes raising a world-class decision maker. Because when they leave, they're only as good as what they think when you're not there. And, of course, that, that's also applicable uh, when they go out with a friend, and they haven't left the house yet permanently, but they've left maybe for a Saturday night or Friday night. Let's go on to another arena. Mom and dad. So Seth, you're a son. I'm yeah. a son, uh, even though my parents uh, are no longer on this earth, but I'm still the son of James and Loma Fannin. Our parents raise us, they coach us, they guide us, and then they turn 40, and then 50, and then 60, and, you know, I'm getting up in age right along with them. And the next thing I know, Dad, Dad, you shouldn't be driving. Dad, I got to take the car keys. You cannot drive anymore. You've already run it into the garage three times. Dad, you can't do it. Stress. Right now, there's a lot of people in this country that have a newfound stress of coaching their own parents. Mom, dad. Three clients have come back to me with this challenge in the last week. What do I do? What do I say? Uh, One believes that it's the onset of Alzheimer's. Not certain, not tested yet, very forgetful. Very disoriented. Maybe, maybe it's stress though. Maybe it's not Alzheimer's. Maybe it's just negative stress. Maybe stress caused and accelerated Alzheimer's. If they, if they, do, if he does have it, the bottom line is you've got to change roles. I was the 
person being coached, and now I'm the coach. And it's okay. It's okay. You love them. Take care of them. Hopefully, you have sibling support. That's another source of stress. I'm taking care of mom and Bill and Susan. They're not. But I'm here in town with mom. One's in Wyoming. The other one's in California. And they put their head in the sand. Oh, yeah, they'll send a check if they need to. But I'm dealing with the day-to-day. Manage it. Smile. You need to really take care of your own thoughts. Think about what you think about. Be aware. What else is stressful? Your wellness. Your wellness. Not being able to do what you used to do, where you have an image. I felt I was a great tennis player long after I was not a great tennis player. Decades. After I was not a great, in my mind, I could still get to the corners, get to the ball, still crush the serve. But my body said, I can't cash this check, man. This check's too high. I can't cash it. It's not going to happen. That creates a little bit of stress. And, uh, And we've all been there when, and what happens? The negative happens. You exasperate the stress by start talking about, how old you are and how slow you're getting and how you don't have that pep in your step anymore. And you start talking to yourself in a negative way. Think about what you think about. Think about how you talk about you and talk about you in terms of your own fitness. Oh my gosh. If my rearing gets any better, you know, I feel like I'm being followed. My butt's so big. It's unbelievable. I feel like somebody's following me around. You know, my stomach's so bad. I haven't seen my feet. I really, I, I got to sit down to even tie my shoes. I can't bend over to tie them. I hear people talk like that. That's negative talking. Telling fat jokes about yourself. The joke's on you. Treat yourself like a champion. Evolve with your physical condition. It's okay. But you need to take care of you. What do you need to do? Hydrate. Urine clear, never fear. Urine yellow, loser fellow. I said that to every athlete I coach. Keep your urine clear. Hydrate, hydrate. Very well done, Seth. You just I, took some, I actually did, yeah. He, I, did. he had some water. I That's get some good. sips in throughout the show. Hold on. Hold on. I think I'll do the same. And then what else? We need sleep. We need positive self-talk during the day. We need to eliminate all negative words, all negative thinking. Stay out of the past, unless it's to have a belly laugh with a buddy or a friend or for analysis or swift evaluation. That's fine. Only go into the future for planning, strategy, tactics, a blueprint. Otherwise, be in the moment, full engagement. If you want to live a long life, and you want to be well living this long life, create a blueprint for your own self-wellness. What do you want? Uh, This is my cholesterol. This is what I want. This is my food intake. This is what I'm going to eat. You get to choose that. No one gets to choose that for you. Uh, We're lucky about that. What else? This is when I'm going to sleep. 
I feel great with seven and a half hours. I don't feel as great with six and a half hours. We're all awake. We're not all aware. Think about what you think about. If you have the sniffles, put on a hat. Bundle up. You don't need mom to come back and do it for you. Be aware and start thinking healthy. Even with the sniffles, I'm well. That way the virus will leave a hostile environment where you're thinking wellness. I will tell you that an injury, uh, a broken foot, uh, I have a client that just found out they have diabetes. You would think the world ended. You would think the world absolutely ended. And, and this person's going to resist it. They told me, I'm, 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 I'm going to eat whatever I want. I go, I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. That's not a good idea. Here's the cards. I know you don't like the cards you played, but you need to make an adjustment. You need to adapt to the situation you're in. And you need to think healthy. You need to think wellness. You need more oxygen. You need to move. You need to stretch. And you need to eat extremely, extremely well. So who's in that arena with you? A doctor. A specialist could be a nutritionist. Uh, If you can afford a nutritionist, I say go for it. I would do it. Why not? It's worth it. I'd rather pay a nutritionist than somebody else doing something else. Why not? That, the best investment that I've seen right now in America, you know what it is? It's not the stock market, although it's booming, and I, I think that's great. The best investment is real estate. I, you know, interest rates are low. The best investment right now in America is in you. That's the best investment. Invest in a better quality of life a better way of living, a simple way of living, a balanced way of living. I'm excited about this show because uh, stress is everywhere, but the Zoniacs listening, we, we can handle it. So right now, unless you're driving a car, shut your eyes, unhinge your jaw, let your tongue kind of float in your mouth. If you're driving, keep your eyes open, still unhinge your jaw. Let your tongue float and take six to eight deep breaths. Long inhale, long exhale. Long inhale, long exhale. And right now, that cortisol from the stress is melted away and it's cut, if you will, with serotonin by just changing your breathing. I also recommend uh, for the next week, set your alarm. Tomorrow, 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 12 noon, 246810. Set your alarm on your phone tomorrow. When the alarm goes off, unhinge your jaw, relax, and start some deep breathing. It's going to make you be aware of when you're not deep breathing. The best in the world when they're clicking on all cylinders have six to eight breaths a minute, definitely under 10. The average person right now listening, everybody listening right now, you probably have 15 to 17. If you're stressed out, 
to the max. You're over 20. Alabama, you need to breathe. That's the first thing we need to do, breathe. That we can control. Kentucky, breathe. West Virginia, all of those states that the records have shown, the federal records show, these are the most stressed areas, breathe. And if you have a house stressed or a business stressed, slow down the game. Now, the reboot. You can do this with breathing. This I would not do driving. The reboot is shut your eyes, unhinge your jaw, and just see a blank screen. Turn your brain off. The reboot is a staple in the score system. Every athlete that I've coached has rebooted before, during, sometimes even transitioning after a game back to their family. Reboot. Clear your mind of all the clutter. Our goal on this show is to attract the zone. That's why I'm the zone coach. The zone. Man, it's the only place to be. It's a purposeful, calm feeling where nothing can go wrong in your mind. It is a glorious place. And I I wish that for everyone listening to the show. Get into that zone state. Right off the bat, the reboot will help you do that. I've got no future. I've got no past. My goal is to make the present last. Here I am. Turn your brain off. Reboot. So when you set the alarm tomorrow, you can either check on your breathing, six-day breaths, but you could just reboot, clear your mind. How many times on our computer do we have too many programs open and you're zipping in between programs and next thing you know, your computer freezes? Our brains are like that. Except when our brain freezes and the wires get crossed, the stress level goes up and that negative energy goes right into the muscles, constricting blood flow. So now you'll have less concentration, less optimism, definitely less relaxation, and stress, negative stress that you've allowed other people to place on you. That's not fun. Your enjoyment level is definitely going to plummet. I'm thinking about these arenas bumping up against each other. And I think that um, what I'm hearing you say is if you don't grab onto that stress and use the reboot tool, use the tools, the score system, get rid of it. It keeps bouncing around into the other arenas of your life. It will. It will. I mean, how many times have we drug something from one part of our life into the next? You know, that's why the 90 second rule going from work to home. It's a great tool. If, if you've been away from someone you love, someone you really care about, at least two hours, that first 90 seconds, that transition of going into your home, that first 90 seconds is more important than you hanging out with your family hours and hours later. Put your cell phone down. Turn it off. You don't need to walk into your house with your phone to your ear. We've all been guilty of doing that. Get into the moment. Close the chapter on your business or your horrible golf game that you just finished. (laughs) You know, you shot, you know, way over your handicap. And then get ready to go into the house. And if you have little kids, hold them up. Hold on. Let me hug daddy. Let me hug mommy. That way you can show respect to mom or dad. And, And also, Train your children how to 
interact with their their significant other 20 years from now. And there's a technique called mirroring that we talked about. If your significant other is stressed, are you all right? You don't want to be stressed, but you want to go to their level so you can calm them down. And if they're in a negative mood, then you go, are you all right? What's, what's going on? Now I can lift them up. And if they're in a positive mood, rock and roll, we're there. At first 90 seconds, Seth says, I missed you. I care about you. I love you. I value you in my life. And here's where I, I think the, the reboot tool can really, you know, kind of save you from some missing some great moments because we talk about these different arenas. And I think we've all experienced it that with a, an incredible amount of stress, the best, most high dollar restaurant in Chicago can taste like ashes in your mouth. The funniest movie can make you feel nothing. And the thing you are the most passionate about and, you, you know, in your hobby, in your free time can just not even move the needle if you've drug that stress over or you can shut it down in that arena. And, you know, even though maybe you got that PL report, you can go home, you can wrap your arms around the person you love. You can engage in that golf game or whatever that thing you're passionate about is. You can watch a movie and belly laugh because you didn't infect every single arena with that PL statement or whatever that PL statement was in your day. Yeah, you know, we're many things, Seth. We're, we're husbands, brothers, your sisters, wives. Um, we're um, daughters, sons, moms, dads, co-workers. So let's go to work. Work is one of the top stressors, and it could be a boss, could be a co-worker, a bully co-worker. It could be stress from just the time constraints that work is placed on you and with the cell phone and, and with the internet uh, everybody's dragging stuff home you need to learn how to turn your brain off at work i highly recommend you take a break after 90 minutes that break can be only 90 seconds you can grab 10 minutes that's preferable and i would get up and move i would not sit at my desk and let all the blood flow down to my lower extremities. I, you need to move a little bit. You need to hydrate. Stay off the coffee. Have a cup, maybe two in the morning. I'd be done. I, if you're operating on coffee in the afternoon, uh, you're operating on fumes, and you're playing a dangerous game. It's going to come back to impact you at some point. And keep things simple. I was with someone last week and I'm at their company and I said, I'm going to shadow you. So I'm getting up with you. I'm going on with you. I'm shadowing everything you're doing. I'm just going to shadow. Seven meetings back to back to back to back to back to back. Macho like I'm, I, I don't need lunch. Didn't even eat lunch. Slugging coffee, I'm sitting there going, wow, I, I, I didn't realize this. And obviously, I, that's why I, I flew in to see this person. And no time between meetings to evaluate the meeting that just happened and to see what action items I need to do later to take notes, to evaluate. No time to really get into a zone state for my next meeting. 
And it was like one meeting was dragged into the other. At the end of the day, I said, boil this day down. And there was a glazed look on this guy's face. I said, well, well, tell, me, uh, tell me what happened today. He goes, oh, there's so many things. And he, I made him aware he must have had 3,000, 4,000 thoughts. And he liked being in control of everybody. And he was actually managing chaos management style. But it was going to impact not only the other people, the stress does run downhill. It runs downhill in the company and um, doesn't run uphill unless you get that P&L statement at the end of the month. It's like, oh, my goodness. Then it may back up. But um, manage your stress at work. Slow the game down. The best in order to do that, be careful with the minutia that doesn't matter. Stay with the macro items. You know, next week, It's going to be a short week, Seth. Memorial Day on Monday, there's only going to be four days in the week. How much is really going to get done in those four work days before you get into the weekend after Memorial Day weekend? On Thursday or Friday, that today, tomorrow, you need to prepare for those four days. Otherwise, you're going to wake up Tuesday morning and then try to figure out what to do. The champion wins first then walks into the arena. Everybody else walks into the arena and then tries to figure out what to do. Plan next week well before it happens. Never have a week you haven't already had. Sunday nights, typically when I do it uh, for the week. And, um, And then every night, never have a day you haven't already had. But what are you visualizing? Macro items, not getting a haircut or not, you know, going to the cleaners. Think about what you think about. Now let's talk one last thing. I want to talk about sleep. And can we say if you do all this other stuff and you're sleeping three and a half hours a night, <laughs> it's probably not going to work. I, I think we're one of the most sleep deprived countries in the world. Uh, we are a sleep deprived nation. Work, 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 work. And even when we take time off, it's pretty hard to decompress and really take time off. We're still thinking about work. So that last 30 minutes before you go to sleep, boy, that's, uh, that's special time. That's your time. That's a transition into a deep sleep where Your subconscious is going to download everything that happened during the day. It's going to store the information. It's going to restore the energy in your body. It's going to restore the energy in each cell, which allows you to repair cells, manufacture new cells. It's a crucial time. And think about it, Seth. You spend one-third of your life sleeping. So that transition before sleep, it's a big deal. So what do we need to do? I would not watch uh, the news in the last 30 minutes. I I used to. I've eliminated that. What what am I going to do with the news? What am I going to do with it? Nothing except replay it while I'm sleeping 15 to 20 times every story. Lower the temperature in your room. Go invest 
and a better bed. Get an awesome pillow. Awesome. Go fit the right pillow. I'm even traveling with my own pillow. Why? Because I want a great night's sleep. So, Seth, who's in the zone this week? We have got some exceptional zone performances. So let's start with the smallest moment and then kind of expand out to the, those bigger ones. You talk about the zone being a purposeful, calm state where you know nothing can go wrong. Science has proven this. Your original research has proven this. Jordan Hicks on the St. Louis Cardinals threw the five fastest pitches of the season in a row and the fastest pitch on record ever, ever. 105.1. Oh, my goodness. And the other pitches ranged from 103.7 uh, up to, uh, you know, the high 104s. That is lightning. I, I had Mike Timlin throw a, I, I'm in the batter's box with a helmet after one of my pitching schools. Uh, all the players said, okay, Mr. Zone guy, you know, let's see how you react to this. Timlin goes out on the mound. And, you know, I, I think the last time I was at bat was in Babe Ruth League, you know, a billion years earlier. He throws a 95. I'm going to take the first pitch. He throws 95. And my first thought was, I cannot get out of the way of that. That could kill me. <laughs> Seth, 95 is scary. 105, I, I don't even know what to say about that. That is unbelievable. That's a zone performance. I, I hope his arm stays healthy. Uh, but, uh, wow, kudos to him to set the all-time record. And although you didn't see this before we move on from baseball, uh, the Chicago Cubs are obviously, you know, were in, have been in the conversation the whole time about another World Series appearance this year. But the Chicago White Sox are having a little harder time getting, you know, getting the fans out to the stadium and getting the attention because the Cubs have kind of sucked all the air out of Chicago, right? No doubt about it. So I, I've got to say, I have to commend the uh, the sales team over at the Chicago White Sox. They ran a promotion uh, where your your family could actually split a helmet, like a plastic helmet of a, a banana split, right? Uh, you know, family of four, you're taking kids, they're excited about the ice cream. And, uh, you know, kids love those little plastic like helmet you know souvenirs right well the cameramen over the weekend picked up one white Sox fan he ate the whole thing and they just kept going back to him he didn't divide it he ate three pounds of ice cream oh my gosh and they kept checking back in that must have cost 45 dollars for a helmet of ice cream i can't even imagine he ate it all that guy was in the zone i guess that's an ice cream zone we're we're gonna move over to hockey. I don't I don't think this has ever happened for him in professional sports. The Las Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights. I mean, most people go, "What? There's a hockey team in Vegas?" Of course there is, but wow, this is unprecedented. It's just amazing uh, that they made the finals for the NHL. And you know what? I mean, that's a city that has deserved has been big enough to support a professional sports team for a long time, and they've never had it. And wow, they had to wait, but look at the reward they just got. Move over to basketball. Uh, I've got to say that this is, even though it's the teams we maybe predicted and the, the last four standing in the NBA, I, I don't think that we would have predicted the series and how these have gone so far. Two games, uh, you know, it looked like the Cavs just could not get it figured out, and then they find the zone. Well, I think LeBron found the zone, and um, uh, not only dropping points, but also uh, – passing assist 
rebounds, bringing the ball up, uh, going going to the floor, fighting for shots. I mean, this guy's leading by total example. The Celtics with Brad Stevens uh, at the helm uh, looked like a well-oiled machine in the first two games. Chris passing, lots of assists, everybody cutting sharp, uh, backdoor picks, isolation. Everything they were doing looked awesome. And then all of a sudden they get to Cleveland, and they look like a different team. Cleveland up their defensive prowess, no doubt about it. Everybody manned up uh, and, and started going after the 50-50 loose balls. So uh, this isn't over. We're going to see what's going to happen. It could go all the way to the very last game. And just a special shout-out to LeBron James, who is, uh, I, I think, without question, having the best game of, or the best season of his life at this point. He actually passed uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for most baskets in postseason history, and he did it in five less games than Kareem did. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I just visualized Kareem with a skyhook. I mean, that, that to pass him, wow. And he's got a lot more gas in the tank, too. I mean, I don't know how long this guy's going to play, but, you know, he looked winded uh, in, in one of the last games. And, um, but that lasted about 30 seconds. And then he came back down. And uh, this guy covers the entire court as fast as anyone. So does Kevin Durant getting up and down the court. Uh, so it still looks like uh, Cleveland uh, Warriors, but we'll see. It ain't over till it's over. Hey, you ready for a little mailbag? Uh, I got to give a shout out to Justify. Oh, yeah. The thoroughbred wins the second leg last weekend, wins the Preakness in another sloppy track, but Justify, you're in the zone. A little bit closer than the Derby. Uh, the Belmont's coming up. That's going to be the longest race. Uh, the trainer's probably hoping it's going to be another muddy track. I can't believe he's won two muddy track races, two of the Triple Crown. Uh, but uh, we'll all be watching the Belmont. Do we have a Triple Crown winner? It's very, very rare. So we will uh, we'll see what goes down there. Um, yeah, let's do the mailbag. Mailbag? You ready open, for it? Open that thing up. Okay. And if, just as a reminder, Jim never has any idea what's going to come out of the mailbag. I, I keep these right until the show. I wonder if you, do you make, you don't make these up, do you? Uh, All right. Yeah. Hey, Jim, I know that you say that self-discipline is the cornerstone of the score system. How can I identify self-disciplined candidates in the interview process? Well, I, let me, let me correct the uh, person writing in. I, I really believe the cornerstone could be optimism. That's the glue that holds everything together. However, self-discipline is first. You got to have it. It's first. So you could say that might be the linchpin that unleashes everything. I think the greatest, uh, one of the greatest symbols in the world and the one that we use every single day, every human of all the billions of humans, the greatest symbol that we all use is the question mark. Asking great questions will facilitate great answers. So if you want to see if someone's disciplined, Ask them what they're going to be doing in a year from now, five years from now. Find out what their visions, find out what their goals, and then take a deeper dive. Find out how they're going to do that and what tasks do they need to do? What challenges do they anticipate possible uh, that could get in the way 
of their particular goals. You're going to see if someone has a blueprint, whether they flesh it out or not. And of course, if you don't have a blueprint, you're on the low level of the self-discipline uh, uh, meter. So uh, ask great questions about the future uh, and you'll find out someone's self-discipline. And, and by the way, self-discipline is the only real true form of discipline. You know, I can tell you what to do and tell you what time to be here and give you all the responsibility and accountability, uh, but I can't change how you think. So self-discipline is not just what you put on a sheet of paper. It's really how you're thinking about that blueprint and how you're thinking about that sheet of paper of the goals you've selected. And Jim, 2,500 clients over the course of your career, a lot of them in, you know, pretty high up in, you know, large corporations. I'm guessing you've seen it. You talked about, you know, following a leader around to see what was going on. I'm guessing you've seen those moments where you just give somebody enough space and ask them some questions. Sometimes they'll just tell you. I, oh, yeah. I was actually interviewing somebody one time that just asked them enough questions and they finally said, oh yeah, my last boss. And this is almost verbatim. My last boss was an idiot. I really had to figure out how to make him do what I wanted him to do. <laughs> Said that in an interview. And you're going to be the, his boss? Yeah, I was going to be his boss. And it's wow. like, oh. Uh, thanks, but no thanks. They, I really appreciate you letting me know that. I can't, I can't emphasize enough how much I appreciate you letting me know. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times you just have to let them talk. I, I think the question mark is the greatest uh, the greatest thing that we need in our lives to ask people questions and uh, just a little tip du jour. So, Seth, what are you going to do tomorrow? Going to wake up? Now, Seth, you're, you, you can't see it because we're on the radio, obviously. But Seth looked up to the right to go into the future and to create what he was going to be doing. Now, it, if asking what he did, Yesterday, he would look to his left. So I'm looking head on. I'm, it's to my right, but it's your left eye. You're looking to your left to go back into your memory bank. So when you ask a great question, now you need to relax and observe the person being questioned. And you need to be proactive in a listening way. Listen for tonality change. Billy, did you eat those cookies? No, I, I didn't eat, you know, as their octave goes up, their voice goes up an octave or two. I, I know that Billy did eat those cookies, my kid. So in any event, use the question mark. And um, just like Seth said, sometimes people are going to give you an answer that may floor you, so be ready for it. Whatever you ask, be ready for whatever answer. But be fully aware as soon as that question leaves your mouth. And of course, we've talked about stress. We've talked about relaxation. And that it, you mentioned optimism. But those really are just a couple pieces of the score system. And we always wrap up the episode by doing a score check and just making sure that you're always checking this every day to make sure that you're at optimal performance. Uh, because it really is. It's, it's adjustments, right? Oh, got a little stress going on. Let's squash that before I take it home with me. Oh, need to raise the optimism a bit. Just being aware of stress will melt it away nine, nine out of 10 times. Just being aware of it, being aware that your jaws clenched. You know, I, we did a golf school uh, last week and uh, one, one gentleman in the golf school always had a clenched jaw. Then he was 
aware. I think I do this all the time. I, I, in fact, my dentist even told me that uh, uh, I'm grinding my teeth, but I, I didn't believe him. But I made him aware of it like every 30 minutes. You know, you're clenching your jaw, totally oblivious that he was putting negative stress on himself just in his golf game, but it obviously carried into other things. Do you want to be in the zone? Do you want to be in that purposeful calm where everything happens? Do you want to reach peak performance? Do you want to have some simplicity and balance in your life? Well, you've come to the right place. You've come to the zone cafe. So, Seth, we're cooking five ingredients. We have them every week. They're hot off the griddle, except one of them is cool and calm. We've got, as you pull up, and you can pull up with any arena that you want. It could be a relationship arena. You're pulling up from that perspective or just generality in your own life. Do you need some self-discipline? We've been talking about that quite a bit. The willingness and commitment to stay with a task to reach a well-defined goal that takes you to a vision, a purposeful and intention, positive intention, patience, stick to is that what you need? Do you need a blueprint? Well, if that's what you need, Seth, bag it up and take it away in your car and add some self-discipline, some planning, some tactics, some strategy in your life. But maybe you've got a blueprint. Maybe you have a great idea where you want to go. Maybe, maybe you've got so much talent that you have too many opportunities. Maybe you can do too many things because you're that talented. And I, I think sometimes coaching really talented people is more of a challenge for me than coaching somebody who's got a low IQ. And I've coached some, some people that they were talented in only one or two things. But that great, great athlete that's got a lot of talent, that can do anything and everything, sometimes they are missing concentration. The ability to focus mental and physical energy on one task until they complete it to the next task until it's completed to the next task that takes them to one goal that helps them get to another goal that takes them to a vision. Person with high concentration, we've got some here for you. That person has quality, accuracy, and that person finishes, completes everything they're doing. So if you've been struggling finishing, finishing a task, Maybe you need to order up a big slab of concentration. You got some of that, Seth, cooking up? I do. Hot off the griddle. Put it in the bag. Drive away. Concentration. But maybe, maybe you have some doubts. Maybe you got a little negative self-talk. Maybe um, the can't word or the shoulda, coulda, woulda, three cousins that are in every locker room and boardroom. Maybe those are starting to enter your vocabulary. Maybe you're being around some negative people. Maybe they're complaining. Maybe they're not so confident about you and what you and the team are doing. Maybe you need some optimism. And that's the belief and expectancy and a sense of knowing that that blueprint you've made will turn into fruition. It will be manifest. And you have positivity, confidence, positive self-esteem, what you think other people think about you, and uh, trust. 
you know that what I got's enough. I don't need any more than what I have. That's a great revelation for an athlete, for a salesperson, or for someone in a relationship. What I got's enough. Uh, that's confidence. That's optimism. If you need optimism, and I think we all need a booster shot periodically, because the world has a tendency to take a pounding, you know, on our optimism and confidence about what we're doing. But if you need optimism, we got a bag of optimism. It's heaping full. Seth, put it in the car. Let them drive away. You got it? I got it. Got it? Chin up. If you need optimism, put your chin up. That's the light switch. With your chin up, you will not go into the past readily. You'll not think about negativity uh, readily. And with the chin up, you'll be looking for solutions and you'll be more in line with being a peak performer. But maybe, maybe this show, which is all about relaxation, and maybe this show made you wear, you know what, I am stressed, and I am chewing on that piece of skin on the inside of my mouth. I do jiggle change all the time. I do fidget. I am struggling looking people in the eye. I'm always darting and and, uh, blinking and... I am worrying my hands, that classical wringing my hands because I'm concerned about something. You need some relaxation. You need to get your breathing down to six to eight breaths. If you need relaxation, hold up. Yes, Seth has a tall, very tall, supersized glass of relaxation. One sip. You're going to feel a palm tree breeze. Your breathing is going to go down to six to eight breaths. You're going to feel your shoulders relax, your jaw relax. You'll take in more oxygen, have more carbon dioxide leaving your body, which is a good thing. If you need relaxation, and that's what this show's been about, and you need to be a palm tree in a hurricane, or you need to have your mind like a cool glacier. Mountain Lake, so peaceful. If that's what you need, we got a giant straw and a giant glass of relaxation. But maybe, maybe you need a little pep in your step. Maybe you need some dopamine, little shot of, uh, got any adrenaline back there, Seth? A little shot of adrenaline? We got that, yeah. We got that? Mm-hmm. Uh, on menu. If that's what you need, you need some enjoyment, uh, we got a happy meal for you, and immediately you're going to hear some music. I know, listen, you've got a heart song. I know you do. That song that makes you tap your feet and move your head, gets you into a little rhythm. That song that revs you up and gets you fired up. It could be Eye of the Tiger. It could be whatever you choose. But if you've got that song, play it in your mind. Play it in your car. Play it at home. It's time to get some enjoyment. And this weekend, pledge Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to love what I do. I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to go to the movies. Deadpool 2, awesome. It did, ta- it did take over the Avenger. I went and saw it. I'm still laughing my rear end off from Deadpool <laughs> 2. Uh, he, he's got this ability, the Van Wilder ability, to talk right into the audience like we're in on his jokes. Uh, he's a little crueler than Van Wilder, however. Go see Deadpool 2 if you want to get your enjoyment level up. But if you need enjoyment, uh, get that happy meal. So there you have it. Five intangibles. We all have possession of all five. 
But sometimes we have more, sometimes we have less. And when it's depleted, you're in charge of filling it up. So you can go to your own zone cafe. Be aware. This score check works. Every one of my clients use it before you go into a meeting. What do I have? What do I need? Am I disciplined? Am I ready for this meeting? Am I focused? Am I here now? Optimistic? Can I do this? Relaxation? Am I comfortable with my presentation? Enjoyment? Am I ready to have some fun and make stuff happen? Do a score check. You can add whatever you want to each of those letters. But once your score level is balanced, S-C-O-R-E, at a high level, the zone will arrive. And when it comes, just like Michael Jordan told me decades ago, oh, I know the zone. I can put it on like an overcoat. So get ready, everybody. Memorial Day weekend, put the zone on like an overcoat. And of course, if you, uh, you're kicking back, get a little lawn chair action, a little lemonade in your hand, right? If you haven't done it yet, you've been listening to the podcast, but you have not put this on paper, you got to get it down. Jim's book, The Blueprint, F-A-N-N-I-N, local bookstores, Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com. You can grab this thing and you can not just have an idea of where you're going, not just have kind of a fuzzy photograph. You can know where you're going in 2018 and beyond, but that thing has got to be a clear blueprint and not just an abstract idea in your head. If you haven't done it yet, you know, I know you've been listening to the show for a while and you haven't jumped in with both feet. This is the weekend. Yeah. And share the podcast with people that really need it. I know you've got friends. I know you got family. Uh, listen to it together and uh, start a dialogue, start a conversation. It's time that we turn America into the most positive country on this planet. And we can do it one person at a time. Be in the zone, get your family in the zone, get your company in the zone. It definitely is the only place to be. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Tom Brady's not at the OTAs this week. I know that's quote unquote the big story. Again, it's much ado about nothing. Here's the reality. Um, He's kind of made it known that that's the way it was going to be this year and uh, this off season. And that's that. Uh, Is it going, is it ideal? No, but, um, I don't think it's going to have the type of effect that I think people might uh, perceive. Are there potential issues there based on comments that he's made? Yeah, there's some ruffling of the feathers. There's no doubt about it. But in terms of that whole house falling down, the sky is falling theory, that is very, very much overrated. Chris Landry brings you Landry football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, RadioInfluence.com. 